Welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. So one of my favorite listeners had contacted me privately asking me what my thoughts are on psychics and suggesting that I do an episode on it. I love the idea and feels to me like it would be a very interesting episode. So Here we are, decoding psychics. I want to start with a short answer to my listener's question on whether I personally believe in psychics. And yes, I do. And I also believe that we all have the ability to develop that sort of clairvoyance, so to speak, if we are sincerely looking to master that gift. I also do believe that some of us are more open and therefore have an easier time developing this skill. But that is not to say that everyone who claims to be a psychic truly has developed that skill to the level that we, we expect them to or that they say that they have. Many people who call themselves psychics are merely capitalizing on people's fears as well as uh, capitalizing on their curiosity about the unknown, much like many people who call themselves mediums are capitalizing on people's desire to connect with deceased loved ones and to find closure in their lives. Today, psychic hacks and fakes seem to be coming out of the woodwork. The popularity of books like Out on a Limb by Shirley MacLaine or shows like Long Island Medium has brought forth a torrent of new trans medium types. Many of these purported psychics will never uh, really give you, uh, you know, a true psychic experience, even if it seems like they are. They will deliver... Messages that are vague and applicable to a wide variety of people. But given the desperation that some of us are in and the likelihood that there is much more commonality among all of us humans than we care to realize or even admit, we often identify with the message and choose, even if subconsciously, to believe that it was a message catered to us specifically when really is a message that's basically could apply to anyone else. Humans believe in what they choose to believe. Lots of messages deal with the spiritual dimension, which are difficult to evaluate. Because how can any of us discredit these messages when we aren't in the future yet? And when we, for the most part, are not familiar with any dimensions other than our own. It is important to weed out the false from the true so that the field as a whole is not discredited. Even though, personally, I also choose to see the good that even fake psychics and fake mediums bring to those who need to hear some message of hope and whose lives are positively impacted by whatever message was delivered to them. It's one of the few times that the ends might justify the means, but I'm not someone who advocates fraud, so I am very weary of sharing that view any in any greater detail Um than I just have, okay? Because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's okay to, to lead people on to believe that you're something you're not. I just feel like there's therapeutic, um, there's a therapeutic element to the fake psychic uh, and to the real one, obviously. But certainly 
it doesn't really matter sometimes if somebody is a fake psychic or a real psychic as long as the end result of that experience is a positive one for the person who sought that person out. Serious behavioral scientists are needed to do the important work of identifying the true psychics. Psychiatrists are necessary to make diagnostic assessments to rule out any mental illness or malingering and sociopathic tendencies. And uh, statisticians and psychologists and physicists are also vital for these evaluations and for further testing. The important strides uh, that are going to be made in this field will be made using scientific methodology. In science, a hypothesis, which is a preliminary assumption made about a series of observations, is initially created to explain a phenomenon. And from there, it must be tested under controlled conditions. And then the results of these tests must be proved and replicated before a theory can be formed. And once scientists have what they feel is a sound theory, then it must be tested again and again by other researchers, and the results must be the same because in science, that is how we prove things, being able to repeat results. There are already numerous studies in this field and numerous reputable scientists that are dedicating their time and taking big risks in a skeptical society to do just that. You know, people like Dr. Joseph B. Ryan from Duke University, Dr. Ian Stevenson from UVA, Dr. Gertrude Scheidler from the College uh, of the City of New York, and many other serious researchers have been proving that this can be done. There is also a major organization that dedicates to the scientific study of all things that we cannot explain. And that organization is called the Parapsychological Association or PA for short, and it is an international professional organization of scientists and scholars engaged in the study of the psi or the psychic experiences, such as telepathy, clairvoyance, psychokinesis, psychic healing, and precognition. First established in 1957, the PA has been an affiliated organization of the American Association for the Advancement of Science since 1969. And the mission of the PA is to promote scholarship and scientific inquiry into currently unexplained aspects of human experience, to disseminate responsible information to the wider public and to the scientific community, and to integrate this information with knowledge from other disciplines. And as a nonprofit and non-adjudicating organization, the PA endorses no ideologies and no beliefs other than the value of rigorous scientific and scholarly inquiry. There is a level um, um, of membership um, for any, everyone who's interested in the scientific and scholarly advancement of parapsychology. So you can look them up and you can even join or donate to them if you feel inclined. I would suggest that especially if you are a skeptic, that you should consider reaching out to them because the organization welcomes skeptics as they provide important insight regarding what the public truly cannot understand, even despite proven true by the scientific method. Because organized skepticism does a valuable service when it is focused on educating the public to detect and reject unscrupulous practitioners who prey on the gullible people, right? Equally valuable, though, is the unflinching and clear-eyed assessment of experiments in difficult frontier areas such as parapsychology. 
we must very be also be skeptical of some of the of, of the people who call themselves skeptics because unfortunately some organizations and individual skeptics fail to do their homework and neglect or misapply the scientific methods that they want to protect and the result is arguments that fail when tested against facts that are readily available we need a clear-minded look at frontier research by observers willing to give it a serious attention. So if you come in with your mind made up and you're not going to be swayed by facts, you're not the right person either. You're just as crazy as the people you call crazy. A dispassionate, objective critique can make the difference between a successful experiment from which we can learn and a failed attempt which wastes an opportunity. A friend of mine just recently experienced a random psychic moment. He was on the phone with another friend when that friend had to take another call. And that friend did not tell him who was calling. He just said he was going to call him back. And when the friend called him back, my friend jokingly answered the phone saying, Hello, John Smith. And I'm, I'm using John Smith here to protect the true identity of the people in question because I didn't ask permission before sharing the story. So... And John Smith, you know, the person he pretended to be when he, when my, that my friend pretended to be when he answered the phone, happened to be the name of the caller's father, you know, the person who was calling my friend's friend. So my friend's friend said to my friend, oh, so you heard? To which my friend replied, heard what? And his friend, you know, said, well, the, you know, that the caller's dad had passed away. John Smith had passed away. And my friend said, what? No, I didn't hear. And then his friend couldn't believe him because, you know, he's like, if you didn't know, then why would you answer the phone pretending to be his father saying his father's name? And my friend had literally not said that name in over 30 years since they were little kids, you know, and he had no idea why he in that moment answered the phone pretending to be this guy's deceased father like he had no idea why he said that and what that information means or what it was uh you know what it was for it it may not be clear i mean it's not like my friend predicted lotto numbers right but what it is is a confirmation that the power exists within all of us that when we least expect it we are shown that we have this power and that if we pay attention and we we actually harness and develop it further we can have some sort of paranormal or, you know, supernatural. And that was all to say kind of superhuman, so like beyond our imagination and our knowledge type powers. And we can use it to our benefit and the benefit of others. But then again, the main question is, do we really want to know the future, for example? Because part of what makes life exciting is the element of surprise. And of course, there is something to be said for preparedness, but sometimes that just causes extended suffering or takes away from the enjoyment of the moment or even the spur of the moment's joy that comes from a great achievement or a positive unexpected outcome. Also, we assume from this notion of seeing into the future or even traveling into the future for people that like, you know, back to the future movies, that the future is fixed, you know, that it does not matter what we do, which would take away hope. And the incentive for improving ourselves and improving society and doing things in a better way. Perhaps that is an underlying sub or subconscious reason why so many of us don't even want to believe in psychics and don't even try to go that grow that psychic power that we, we all should have inside.
But then again, to be clear, what I believe, you know, is that the ability to see into the future has more to do with the, with the prognosis, which is based on current plans and current state of affairs. It basically is like if we continue on this path, then the outcome will be X. And if we choose a different path, then it could be Y, you know. So in that way, psychic abilities could actually be a great asset into helping us predict the best future and therefore the best path to take. I read tarot cards. It's a gift, okay? It's a gift that has been um, passed down in my family for hundreds, actually, hundreds of years. And um, when I read them, I or whoever I'm reading them for, which is something I rarely ever do, will pose a question. And the cards uh, will give you answers, very straight up answers. <laughs> But they are particular to the specific past and present trends that that person is presenting with. And since the present moment is under our control, so is the future outcome. So if you don't like what the cards tell you, you shouldn't freak out. All that is doing is telling you, okay, don't, go, don't keep going on this path. And if you do like it, it's a confirmation that you should continue on that path, you know? Um, so I, it's actually a lot like my logic class from college. If this, then that type thing, you know? But clairvoyance isn't just about future predictions. There was once an incredibly talented psychic astrologer named Iris Saltzman. And in fact, one of the things that, that saddens me the most in, in life is that I never got to experience her magic firsthand because she died a very long time ago. She was able to not only give a glimpse of the probable future based on your current present circumstances and inclinations, but also to look into prior lifetimes. Now, I am not sure whether I believe in multiple lifetimes. Reincarnation is a very difficult subject for me, selfishly so, because I love this life and I am scared to come back as someone other than myself in a worse life than I, than I have now. Because look around us, we're blessed people. Most lives are not that great. The world is suffering. I also want to be reunited with the people that I love who have this past and even the people that I love that one day will pass and if we reincarnate is that even possible I mean even when they say we reincarnate within our soul family but there'll be a different dynamic you know not that that it matters you know because it doesn't matter what I think it doesn't matter how I feel because whether or not reincarnation is or isn't real has nothing to do with how I, what I believe in um, and it's not something I can control or even prove one way or another but if you have time Have a look at Iris Saltzman's work, the incredible things that she was able to see and how welcomed by many scientists she was. There are more things that we do not know and cannot understand than things that we know and do. The human brain alone is an enigma to the entire neuroscience field. And all they do every day, all day, is study the brain. What I tend to do and what I tend to advocate is that people should believe in whatever it is that brings them peace, meaning purpose, you know, hope, joy, because if we don't know, you know, if we don't know the answer either way, then why not choose the path that makes life better? I'm no scientist or mathematician. And I blindly trust in the very institutions that govern and validate those fields, since I cannot. The same types of institutions exist in many other areas, including 
the paranormal ones. So who am I? And I ask you the same thing. Who are you to discredit anything or anyone's beliefs? Think about it. Psychics have found bodies of murder victims and are hired by police officers by entire departments over and over again all over the world to solve unsolvable crimes. Many monumental business and political decisions have been made with the help of psychics and astrologists. And we're not even aware of that for the most part. The one thing that I wholeheartedly believe is that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And we are all part of the same energy, but we contribute differently to its existence and its character. In what we are able to keep and what we are able to express, that's what keeps ourselves individuals within something bigger that we are a part of. I find it hard sometimes to balance the interests of staying true to myself and not being selfish. I want to live my best life, but I also want to learn and I definitely want to contribute to the enrichment, joy, and growth of others. I certainly do not want to hurt anyone. But so much hurt comes from misconceptions of right and wrong and of human purpose. And those are usually completely shaped by the ego and not the self. As humans, we are meant to connect with more humans and, and with other beings. And we are meant to enrich as many lives as possible. If your intention is of something positive like joy, fun, fulfillment, happiness, exploration, new experiences, pleasure, then there really should not be any harm done. And yet there usually is. And when we harm others, even with those intentions in mind, then we aren't bad people. We are just catalysts helping their ego become less attached to this life and helping them see that what they deem theirs is not really theirs and be more open to the idea that nothing and no one truly belongs to no one else. And as for the future, well, that, my friend, belongs to God. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me, and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate, looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.